keeping secrets have damaging psychological effects and aren't probably the best thing to do anyway. But let's hear from what other financial professionals think are the biggest money secrets that people keep. Presidency can be such a letdown when it comes to building your financial foundation, but it truly doesn't have to be that way. If you're a physician wanting to take control over your financial future and take back the freedom you deserve, come hang out with this money nerd. No long hours or sleepless nights. Just you, me, and the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Randyman, and welcome back to the show. I'm always fascinated in the little things that affect us behaviorally in finance, and one of those things is secrets. So I was at FinCon, and I decided to utilize the Nefi podcast booth, which you'll hear. The sound is a bit elevated. I apologize, but it's a busy conference, 2,500 people walking around. But it was a fun time because I got to bring on a bunch of cool financial professionals. I get to ask them some questions, and I thought it'd be really fun to see what they thought were the biggest money secrets that people keep either to themselves, their spouses, their friends, or their family. Now, I did a quick little research on this and found that there was actually a study. Some researchers found that those who keep secrets reported greater fatigue specifically related to the effort of keeping that info to themselves and that a significant portion of this fatigue was connected with resulting feelings of social isolation. I thought that was really fascinating because sometimes, and I see it a lot with student debt or even some with a little bit about consumer debt or credit card debt, that you think you might be the only one going through these things. And so you typically hide them or don't want to talk about them and kind of bury it away. But we're all in this together. So with that, let's jump in and hang out with all my new money nerd friends at FinCon. We're recording live from the Nefi podcasting stage. Thanks to Nefi, the National Endowment for Financial Education for sponsoring live podcasting at FinCon 19. All right, Winnie, the question is money secrets that people keep between themselves, their spouses, or friends or family? One of the biggest money secrets I see people keep is their debt, total amount of debt. I think it's really a lot of shame, but there's a lot of fear with sharing how much debt people are actually in, especially with couples. So I'd say that's the biggest piece. And then the second biggest piece in addition to that would be forgetting about the debt that was sent to collections and counting that as not debt when really it should be. Well, that's an easy way to get rid of debt. It's yeah. not in collections. It's Just all going. Hey. <laughs> right, exactly. It's great. It works every time. <laughs> Winnie, thank you for that. Now let's hopefully not put anything into collections. Let's make sure that you guys are doing the right thing and you're putting down all your debt on the one sheet of paper. You're understanding what you took out, the interest rate, the time that you have this debt outstanding or the term length, and then make sure that you're putting together a plan, an action item list for this debt to make sure you squash it. It's really important. Don't bury your head in the sand and ignore it. And please don't let it go to collections. All right, let's talk to my friend, Brianna from the 1 Million Apples podcast. 
Hi, I'm Brianna Reich, One Million Apples, and I think some things that spouses keep from each other are secret bank accounts. Have you ever had somebody do a secret bank account? I've, oh, yeah. Yeah, so one of my clients we found out because once they split, they got a tax form in the mail for a bank account she didn't know about. So she got a 1099 for a bank account with interest that she didn't even know existed. And so secret bank accounts, those happen, and sometimes you never know, and sometimes you find out in odd ways. That's savage. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we do uncover this through the planning process, and it's one of the reasons that sometimes people come to us. They are they don't know how to have those discussions around what accounts they have and what's going on. Sometimes other people feel like that their spouse may be hiding something with regards to assets. And that's could be another reason to reach out to a planner and work with them. You know, we have seen this time to time where people uh, end up coming to work with us and that we see that they have separate accounts. This is another reason why we like joint accounts is because there's full transparency across the board. No one's sheltering assets in different places. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone knows what's going on. And it makes it a lot easier to plan uh, as well when everyone has that common goal going forward. And there's obviously no surprises of, oh, by the way, I have this account that you had no idea existed. Now it's nice to find it was a bank account. It would be very bad to find out if it was some form of debt. So please have open lines of communication. Don't hide things from each other. It's just not that wise to do. All right, so let's jump into my friend Steve and hear what he has to say. Okay, Steve, let's talk money secrets that people keep. Yeah, so I'm Steve Crawford from the Advice Movement, uh, and we're a school for financial advisors, so I'm sort of an advisor to financial advisors. Uh, I think the number one secret anybody keeps is actually being honest with themselves about what they do with their money and sort of just hitting and hoping that subconsciously they're going to sort it out eventually, that you know the system will sort it out for them or someone else will sort it out for them, uh, that if they don't talk about it with each other, that somehow things will just sort of organically get to where they need to. So that's the number one secret is actually not talking about money openly, transparently, being ashamed about it, all that sort of stuff. And until they turn the subconscious into conscious, they're never really in control of their money. That's the old hope and pray model. Well, hopefully all of you are not doing that. And then you are having those discussions with yourself, your spouses on what is actually going on in your finances and making sure that you are tackling these things. I mean, having a financial plan is so important. And I know I drive home all the little bits and pieces, but having the stuff collectively and knowing that where your money's going. And I've talked about making sure you're spending in the right places and money dates with your spouses to have that open lines of communication. The stuff is super important. So please don't lie to yourself on those things. Hi, I'm Tim Baker, certified financial planner at Your Financial Pharmacist. A financial myth that many believe to be true is that you have to be rich in order to be successful. A lot of our self-worth is often centered around the ones and zeros in our bank account, and I don't think that to be true. Um, I think really what makes you happy and constructing a plan that is in line with those thoughts is the number one thing that many young professionals and really Americans should focus and put in first things first. Yeah, you guys remember, Tim, I had him on way back early in the beginning of the, when the first show first launched, and he's a, a good friend of mine. And we have this conversation all the time with actually putting together a plan and thinking and sitting down and why it's so important. And, and we actually kind of advise each other on certain things that we do because even planners need planners. It's not one of those that we 
say everyone else should get a plan, then we don't have them. So informally we do that. And it's been amazing to be able to talk with someone to iron out what it is that we're doing, what our goals are, the trajectory, are we hitting our goals? I can tell you that it has provided me a lot more clarity and that's what really continues Casey and I and our passion to build out plans for clients because we know it's so effective. So I, I agree to him wholeheartedly and thanks for being on. So we have another Tim on the show and let's hear from this Tim. I'm Tim Albert from Your Financial Pharmacist. And uh, when it comes to secrets that people keep about money, what comes to mind for me is full transparency with a spouse. Uh, and I'm not talking here in the sense of hiding expenses, but I think really sharing the true vision and goals that you have individually. And then how are you collectively gonna work together as a couple. So I think for my wife and I, for example, you know, we're, we're very transparent we have joint accounts, but when we worked with, with Tim Baker, our, our certified financial planner, hearing my wife, Jess, respond to some of the why bigger life questions and really her hopes, dreams, and desires, you know, I hadn't heard that from her and that really shaped how we spend our money, what, what our goals are. And I think when it comes to couples working together, when you start with the why, when you start with the dream, when you start with the vision, the month to month in the budget becomes that much easier because you're on the same page about the dream. So if you notice, that was another Tim from Your Financial Pharmacist. And there's three Tims actually at Your Financial Pharmacist, which makes it really fun and also slightly awkward. But that Tim works with Tim Baker, who was the previous guest. What Tim is referring to is what we talk about life planning, right? And creating a financial life plan and why it's so important to do that. What is your ideal life? Where, what are the goals, the things that the aspirations, what do you guys want to do with your lives? And I know this can get kind of, you know, some might call it touchy feely, if you will, but it's the important stuff. These are the rocks, the big boulders, you know, that are there. It's not the sand and the pebbles. These are the big boulders of what do you want to do? Almost like, what do you want to do when you grow up is where I was going to go. But, you know, as you think through your career, you know, is it something that you want to scale back to have more time with your family? Is it little things like you'd like to travel in certain places and just make sure that you're allocating funds to those type of experiences? Is it completely changing medicine and going a different direction or going into public health? What is it that you ultimately want to do? And as you start to formulate that, work backwards and figure out how you can use your assets, your money to achieve those goals. Don't just wander aimlessly and hope you get there, right? You need to have a path, a direction. And that life planning piece that I preach about, that we work with all our clients on, that we know is effective, it is amazing. That is what you guys need to be doing and having that open line of communication and tailored. I've been doing this for years and it's really helped to align. And sometimes I get caught because sometimes she's like, you know, that's not part of our life plan, but it also helps me. I go, oh yeah, you're right. My bad. Let's change direction. Let's do this or alter our path a little bit and make sure that we're spending money in a way that makes us happiest. I'm Victor Mangona. I have a blog 39.6 and a Facebook uh, group. And I talk about how high income professionals can help manage their money. Um, one of the very common secrets I see about money is that the income people have and the, the assets they show people are highly disconnected. People can be earning a million dollars a year and show a regular average American lifestyle, regular house, regular car. Whereas often the people who have the biggest houses, nicest cars, 
they may have good income, but they don't have any net worth. So there is often an inverse correlation between income and net worth at the end of the day, which people don't actually see, you know, the whole millionaire next door thing. Yeah, that's right, Victor. Victor is, by the way, one of my favorite people. He's like brilliant when it comes to taxes, but he's totally right. It's the millionaire next door concept. And we had Sarah Fallon to talk all through that and the physician millionaire mindset. You know, it's fascinating to think that, you know, as you walk through the doctor's parking lot and you see, you know, Mercedes and Tesla, Tesla, Mercedes, and you're going, man, I, I really want to get rid of this 10 year old Toyota I've been driving since training. You know, I really should do that. And you're more thinking that, well, this is what everyone does. This is what society thinks I should do. But in reality, if you're not a car guy or car gal, don't do that. Spend money in a way that makes you happiest. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the nicest car, the biggest house, the best clothes and fanciest things. Like it's what ultimately makes you the happiest is, is where your funds should be allocated. So if it's travel, right, don't go buy the biggest house and drive a Tesla and lock in so much money into those two big things. When if you would have got a Toyota and a cheaper house, maybe you had an extra thousand dollars a month that after you did all the other right things, like paying yourself first and retirement accounts and all that, you could put that thousand dollars to travel, which is the thing that actually meant the most to you. So great call there. Love it. Let's go chat with Bill. This is Bill Young from uh, Pivot Points MD and the Financial Literacy Project joining Ryan Inman today. And the secrets that happened in my marriage involve, I did something, I went to a charity event and I wasn't going to do anything but the silent auction, but then, oops, I spent $1,500 on an event that we're never going to do. And post-production, wife comes clean and we're like, okay, you made a mistake, let's figure it out, we'll move forward from here. Oh man, he's already blasting the wife on air. That's okay though, because I met her and she's amazing. But it's totally true. And it doesn't mean that one spouse over the other does these things. If something happens, you need to be flexible and adapt. Hopefully that doesn't happen where you're spending that amount of money and not telling each other, but things do happen. What I think the takeaway should be here is to kind of roll with it, make sure that you don't make those mistakes again, you learn from them and you move forward. And that's why one, we have different emergency savings, which I'm not saying you use because you donated too much money, but as unexpected things occur, you save for that. You have a little bit of wiggle room in your budgets or your cash flow planning to handle those things. Now, what should have happened also is the next month, knowing that, Hey, a little too much money went out, you know, of this month, next month, you should say, Hmm, how can we cut back? Not alter our lifestyle and eat ramen, but how can we cut back to maybe offset or soften the blow of that mistake? Next, let's hang out with Michael. So my name is Michael. I'm with uh, Financially Alert. And, you know, one of the biggest secrets that people keep is kind of how much debt they carry. You know, a lot of times people are posturing. They're trying to represent something that they're not necessarily actually living. Yeah, it's a tough thing being able to be honest about how much debt you have. Now, I know we don't walk around with a sign on our back that says, like, I have debt and it's this amount. But as a physician, you should all be well aware that you all have student debt. You probably have some credit card debt from residency if you're you know, just finishing or in training. Hopefully it's not due to overspending and it might've been for interviews or something like that. And you all probably have some form of auto debt. And then this is more earlier in your career that you probably have these things, but just being aware and knowing that you're all in the same boat. I mean, trust me, I've been there. All of our friends go around, even without me saying a word, they eventually finance comes up and eventually student debt comes up. So I know you guys are talking about it, but just realize that 
our average client is $298,000 in debt. There's obviously, that's the average. So there's lower and there's those that are above, but it's okay. Just make sure that you're confronting it and you're not hiding it under the rug. Now let's jump in and hang out with one of my good buddies, Patrick. Patrick Ortman with Ortman Financial Planning and some secrets that people keep about money. So the first thing that came to mind was spouses obviously keeping secrets with each other. But I think perhaps the root of that might be that often one spouse isn't honest with themselves about what their own financial goals are. And so that might prevent them from being able to be honest with their with their spouse, right? So that could come into play with, say, what really are your financial goals? What really is important to me about money? It's really hard to tell your spouse that you disagree with them on something so fundamental. And so I think having the opportunity to have someone say, I want to be honest with myself about what my financial goals, priorities, concerns are, to then be able to share that with your spouse is a common thing that we run into. So it's funny that you hear now Patrick, who's also a financial planner, and you heard from Tim, who's a financial planner, and then you obviously hear it all from me throughout the show, but it comes back to being honest with yourself and understanding what it is that motivates you and what it is that you want. And as Patrick put it, you know, being honest with yourself on your goals, the trajectory where you want to go, really it's that life plan and that vision. Then you can have that conversation with your spouse and say, where do you want to go? And hopefully a lot of it will align. You are two different people. So you will have two different sets of goals. Hopefully again, there's, you know, some uh, that obviously tie together. Otherwise that could be hard if one of you wants to travel and the other wants to stay at home all the time, how you allocate funds, but you can still do that. We work with clients that have that exact same scenario. It does not mean that you can't do it, but when you sit down and have that discussion, how do you talk about the fundamentals of where money should flow and go if you don't really know what you want yourself? So I love all of these answers. We also asked a second question to all of these that I will be releasing another show upcoming that asked a more fun, interesting question than this. I know we got a little deep with some of the stuff that we keep secrets on, but it is super important to be honest with yourself, honest with your spouse, have open lines of communication. It's not only healthier marriages, but your finances will be stronger. You will understand them more and you will be able to achieve financial independence a lot sooner if you don't keep secrets. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I will see you guys on Wednesday. Take care.